Live from the Bills' famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub, I am your host and moderator for this evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fellow of the tuna country, Matt Kempf. And usually I would introduce uh, the fabulous one with some sort of... uh, witty introduction but tonight the fabulous one is beachside imagine that somewhere in uh gulf shores alabama so instead of the fabulous one freddie benders we are joined by our nba guru and great friend of the show mr eric eichenberger Mr. Ike, fellas, how are we doing tonight? Good, man. I almost didn't recognize the basement without all of uh, Freddie's uh, stacks of notebooks and folded up uh, pieces of paper and <laughs> whatever other crap he's got loaded up with him. Now, there's a good chance that we are going to hear from Fred tonight. Uh, hopefully, he is going to get an opportunity to call in. I know he has some thoughts about some things that happened in the world of sports this week, and he also wanted to... Uh, break down and talk about uh, this weekend's upcoming Belmont Stakes. Um, Before we get into anything, uh, as always, I want to thank everybody for listening, for reaching out. Uh, Find us on social media, on Twitter, at BlockoutPod. Type in BlockoutSportsPod into your Facebook search bar, and we are available on every major streaming platform, wherever you find your podcasts. With all that out of the way, there have been a few uh, relatively enormous sports stories over the last 48 hours. Insane week, man. It's it's just now Wednesday. That have kind of come out of left field to a certain extent. Uh, The biggest one, the most obvious one, being um, the shocking announcement yesterday from uh, Jay Moynihan that the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, the old European Tour, and Live Golf have signed an agreement to, I'm not sure merge is the right word, but to become more or less one entity and end all of, I think this is the biggest piece of this end all of their legal squabbling because I have a feeling that there was some stuff that was going to come out in discovery both ways that neither party wanted to become on the public record. And so that probably pushed things that PGA losing money. I think it was I think Going it was broke. I think it might have been how they magically came up with the extra forty million dollars or whatever to do these elevated events. Mm-hmm. And maybe a light had been shined a little too brightly on the inner workings of the PGA tour. I 
couldn't agree more with you on that. They uh, they had to pull the curtain back a little bit, and um, we started to get a peek behind uh, the door there into the land of Oz, and I think that was a nice way to cover that up. And I also think there were probably some things that Liv didn't necessarily want to show to the world. Um, but it really was a shocking announcement, especially given that we're in the lead up. I mean, the, uh, the Canadian Royal, whatever it is, the Royal bank of Canada, Canadian open is this weekend, but then we'll be on to the U S open. And so what an interesting thing to have happen at that particular time. And I'm just going to get this right out of the way. And this is just me personally speaking. Anytime you start with that, you know it's going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be awesome. I have uh, unequivocally been anti-live since it started. Um, I I don't want to... I really don't want this... Because I don't think it's a... I don't think it's... Are you saying anti like you didn't watch anything like you or or just you didn't like what was happening? The idea of the league? I didn't like the idea of it. Right. I didn't like why it was begun. I didn't like the where the money was coming from. Now, quite frankly, I mean, I didn't even know how to find it on television. I did end up accidentally finding one event on TV for about 25 minutes and I watched it for the novelty of it. It's a CW baby. And there were some good, I mean, obviously there were some good players that, that uh, opted to play in that league. Here's what bothers me the most about the whole thing is that. Could you tell the casual fan a, a few names that actually went ahead and went over there? Sure. Uh, Brooks Kepka, who recently won the last major. Patrick Reed. I think uh, Phil Mickelson led the charge. Phil that's, Mickelson. that's what I thought. Yeah. I, so, um, so it was it was big. Uh, Cameron Smith, another huge name that went. I think when him and Brooks went, it was it was the biggest shock. Um, those were two guys that were kind of embedded PGA. But and so, my biggest problem with the whole thing, number one, was that, and I really think this is this is where the line of demarcation comes. You either care where the money came from to start this league and why this particular entity was willing to pay that money, or you don't. Um, For those of you that aren't familiar, the Saudi government has a fund that's called the, uh, the Public Investment Fund. And they basically have unlimited money to throw at anything that they want to. And... The sole reason, at least in my opinion, the sole reason for this thing existing is so that they can soften their image in the world, in the world media landscape, I guess would be the best. Some people would call it sports washing, which I guess is as good a term as any. But essentially, they they use this money to buy up teams or leagues or start their own leagues or... You know, I'm a big wrestling fan, and the WWF has been putting on shows over there for the last several years where they basically get paid a ton of money, 
hundreds of millions of dollars to go over there and put on cards of people that, you know, are probably 15 to 20 years past their prime, but that the prince or whoever over there really likes. And so, and when you watch those events and in the little half hour, 45 minutes that I watched of live, it was the same thing right in the middle of the broadcast where they would usually go to commercial. There was a, what I would call a propaganda video that was clearly made by the Saudi Arabian government about how awesome it was to come vacation there (laughs) and what a great place it was to come and bring your family. And these guys have to sell that with a straight face. Now, the problem that I have with the PGA Tour, and I think anybody that was on my side in this, not that there's really a side, and I hate that it got political because it shouldn't have never been a political thing. It should be, in my opinion, a right or wrong thing. You you either care where the money came from or you don't. And the biggest problem I had was that the PGA Tour stood on the side of morality and doing the right thing and we're not going to take money from this from this regime and if if you do you know you're going against the families of 9-11 and things like that which quite frankly when when all that stuff was being said i completely agreed but something happened over the last six months that suddenly made that argument from the PGA Tour, null and void. And the only the only conclusion that I can come up with is that what changed was the amount of zeros that the public investment fund was willing to put on the end of the check that they were going to give to the PGA Tour. And suddenly all of those arguments that they were making, hell, not even six months ago, very recently, all those arguments that they were making now, it's, well, the information that we had changed. Well, no, it didn't. Nothing has changed about where the money came from or why this thing was started in the first place. What changed was the amount of money they were willing to pay to the PGA Tour, which may or may not have been financially floundering. And... You know, I guess it's true. Everybody has a price, and we found out what the price was, or we will find out what the price was eventually of what the PGA was willing to basically sell its soul for, as far as I'm concerned. And the people I feel the worst for are the people that Jay Moynihan put out in front of this, Rory McIlroy being one one and one a where every week he was the defender of the PGA tour. He, you know, didn't want the guys that went to live to be on the European Ryder cup team, even though it might've, you know, given them a better chance to win. He was Mr. PGA tour. And then he finds out on fucking Twitter. He finds out on Twitter. Tiger Woods apparently found out about this on Twitter who stood on the PGA side and turned down like 700 million. Yes. I mean, I know it's hard to feel sorry for Tiger Woods, but I mean, 
He stood there with them and stuff. Think about this for a minute. If if you were on the side of not wanting to take money from the Saudis and you had an actual moral objection to that, what the PGA Tour did yesterday was paint you into a corner where either you are taking their money or you are not playing golf anymore. Think about that for a minute. No, I know. It's awful. It's terrible. And that That's the position these guys have been put in. Think about a guy like Brandel Chambly on the Golf Channel who, quite frankly, I find him a pompous uh, yeah, ass. He's terrible. I, I don't really care what happens to that guy. But I did agree with most of the things he said about the Live Tour. And um, Eamon Lynch, or I, I think that's the way that you pronounce his name, who has been very vocally against... Uh, live because he happens to be a gay golf journalist who is mortified by the human rights abuses of the Saudis. Well, they've put those guys in a position. They work for the Golf Channel. Guess who owns the Golf Channel? The PGA Tour. They've put those guys in a position where their paychecks are going to be partially funded by this. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. Um... This still has to get approved by American legislature, right? Because there is a bit that they, some chatter that it may get turned down because it's actually a monopoly. Nobody cares about monopolies anymore. Look at the cable industry and stuff. I, I'm with you. I mean, it, I used it's to believe the only that. Fighting everything chance. gets I'm pushed sure through with big money now. Yeah. Well, and from what I understand, and we are obviously very early in this. So we're like 36 hours out from this whole story having broken. And people haven't <clears throat> really been able to get to the bottom of that. I did read some stuff about that, Tuna. Where most people think that the act of discovery was going to be part of the government's possible... Um, case against the PGA Tour behaving as a monopoly in the United States and that they are they they're afraid that this is maybe going to set that back to the point that the government decides well we don't even need to get in we don't want to get involved in this anymore restart the whole thing I don't know about that per se I suppose that could happen but man I just feel like when there's this much money involved mm-hmm. Well, now you have some golfers that were on a moral high ground and were very outspoken to the about the players that decided to go. What if those guys decided, hey, we're going to start our own league and search for investment outside of that? Because obviously they had issues with this before. So why does their moral compass change? Well, and that and that's that's really I like that's what I'm that's what I was getting at mm-hmm. where with the PGA having put them in because a guy like Rory McIlroy should not be put into a position where now he has to spearhead another league and go out and look for invest. 
I get what you're saying, Tuna. I mean, a lot of I athletes totally disagreed with certain things that the league was doing, and they decided not to participate in that league. Is any of these guys going to be one of those stand-up type guys? I just don't know that you can ask somebody like that to mm-hmm. to say, okay, I mean, you were on the PGA Tour. It has stood for one thing for 100 years or whatever, mm-hmm. and now you're going to need to round up 25 of your buddies go search for sponsorships because and and honestly now the money is so big i think mm-hmm. it well it's almost bef- un uncompetable like you can't for the pga talk tiger woods out of staying out of 750 million dollars from the live 750 million dollars to stay with the pga and now he is just shit out of luck yeah, I, uh, and, I mean, and, and so, and I also wanted to get this out there because I don't want everybody to think that I'm a thousand, you know, I think that some good stuff actually came out of this. Now, the fact that live happened at all, I have a huge problem with, but since it did happen, I do think that their scheduling model and, um, and some things like that are probably going to be absorbed into the PGA Tour. And I think those are all good things. A guy like John Rahm, who had been vocal about being loyal to the PGA Tour, but also had been vocal about big problems that he thought that the PGA Tour had, and he thought that Liv had addressed. So he was one of those guys that was kind of, on the fence saying, I I wouldn't do it, but I understood why other people did it. And I'm kind of glad that it happened because it's going to help us in the long run. And look, everybody's, and obviously, I'm not a professional golfer. None of us are, and we're not in the middle of all this. Um, but the other thing, they had a players-only meeting yesterday at 4 o'clock where uh, Moynihan addressed the room, and apparently... It was basically very well let him know that um, his services may not be needed for very much longer there. And how can you have any faith in a guy like that? All he preached was this is the player's tour. This is your tour. You own, you know, you're, you're, you have ownership in this tour. And then he just made this deal and everybody found out about it on Twitter. I don't understand how that happens. Um, go ahead, Ike. I'm just going to throw in. To me, golf has been in such college football and pro football are the only things that people really watch live anymore. I mean, not people in general, but I mean that that's where the mass numbers are. Golf has been chasing the dragon so much in the whatever you want to call the post Tiger era to me, and um. For them, I don't think for the fans they're trying to bring in or keep, they really care as much as people that actually knows what went down. I almost compare it to Eddie Trunk complaining about people using pre-recorded stuff at rock concerts. I mean, I could go on for an hour about how that's nuts and I hate it and what are you doing? But I think the people there holding their phones up, making Facebook bucket, head, bucket list videos... They don't care. 
So I think a lot of casual fans, they just want to put all the best golfers together and stuff and everything, and they don't know the depth of it. And if you talk to them about it, they would agree with you, but it's American. Everybody's got ADD. Nobody's got an attention span. Well, and that is very true. And I, I mean, I do. And I'm w- riding y'all's coattail on the golf thing. That's just what I, you know. I do want to see all the best players playing. Like, I don't want to see Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson and, you know, uh, Phil and all those guys playing in a 54-hole Monday grab-a-beer-and-giggle scramble, which I felt like Liv was a lot of the time. I just I want to say, like, everything that you said earlier, the way that I look at this is that Saudi Arabia is going to be part of our athletics. It's just, we're going to have to accept that they're, they're coming in. They're, they're part of every big business in the United States. Our presidents have all interacted with them. Everything is in interacted and, and dealt with Saudi Arabia. When the PGA, when the, when the live popped up and the PGA was there saying, I can't believe you guys are going to do this. You can't do this. I looked at it like the PGA needed to step their game up because they were not treating these golfers the way that they deserve to be treated. They don't have a union. No. And if you didn't make the cut, you were out a ton of money. People just look at these golfers and think they're all rich and they're all what? They don't even give health care, do they? No, no. So, I mean, if you, you look at it, like, I hate to make this comparison. Y'all probably going to disagree with this. But China, I disagree with a lot of everything that goes on in China. Um, The NBA is funded mostly by Chinese money. Um, They have more fans in China of that sport than we do people in the United States. Um, But yet nobody raises a flag about that, about the NBA. Well, you don't have to, you don't have to argue that point with me because I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, and I have for a long time. Um, I think the NBA did not want to lose China either because there's too much NBA is is bigger globally than the NFL, but the NFL is bigger in our States, but that's why the NBA, how do they get paid so much? It's a global game. Absolutely. (laughs) And again, like I disagree with a lot of Saudi principles and, and, and things that go on. And I'm like, Travis, I hate that this had to get political. But they're just going to be part of our sports. I mean, they're already part of um, soccer, uh, horse racing, um, Formula One racing. I mean, all across the board, wrestling. It's just going to continue to get that way because they have money, and we're just going to have to accept it. I mean, like, we're not going to just stop driving our cars because of where the oil came from, right? The you difference. know what I mean? Like, we're, we're not going to boycott these like cell phones that we all carry because of where they came from. So it's the, the, the difference in this particular instance Mm -hmm. and with the public investment fund in general Mm -hmm. is that I feel that it's, it's literal only reason for existence is to soften the image of Saudi Arabia and to, make it seem like hey look we're we're not so bad like i get that that the nba takes money from china and i get that you know uh 
sweatshops in Sri Lanka or whatever might make some Nike shoes or whatever like that. But the only reason for that fund's existence and the only reason they spend money at all is to soften the view of the world media or the world populace about what they do in their country. And I don't think that it's an apples-to-apples comparison. Just average Joe like me when I'm sitting on the couch, and I've watched two live live tour events. I put those live tours on. First of all, I couldn't stand the music playing in the background, but there was some decent golf being played. I kind of like the team aspects that they were doing. It was it was okay. It wasn't something I'd like to for each tournament to be. But I never left a tournament being like, man, I feel better about Saudi Arabia. You know what I mean? Like I don't think that they was pushing that during. Oh, they were. I mean, maybe so. But I mean, I, I, I never left being like, you know what? That seems like a place I'd like to go visit. Or you know, maybe they're not such bad people maybe they're you know but well and don't get me wrong i don't think the people of saudi arabia are bad people no, not i'm not the saying people, that the government and, uh, i'm you know, saying some that of their decisions I'm, I'm with you the hierarchy yes the regime and this public investment fund in particular uh i i just i think it that their sole reason for existing and look if you don't feel that way after I'm telling you, watch one of those WWE events that they do in Saudi Arabia. It's a half hour of remember that guy that would come on during the US Iraq war that the the uh the propaganda minister oh, yeah. for <laughs> everything fine for, for Iraq. <laughs> and you'd see like the city burning behind him and he's like, yeah. We have we have the Americans cornered any day now, they will surrender. That's what I get the feeling of when I watch these this WWE thing. And I don't know. I, I, look, like I said, I hate that it ever got political. You, I hope that it's that it ends up working out for golf. I do think like you said it's the tip of the iceberg as far as uh Saudi involvement not just in American sports but in global sports, mm-hmm. as you said, we're already seeing that in a lot of other, whether it's auto racing or uh, soccer is a big one right now. Um, with the news that Lionel Messi is uh, coming to MLS, uh, and from what I understand, Tuna, I think you know a little bit more about this, he turned down a bunch of Saudi money to come to not and not that he's going to be living in a gutter you know underneath a bridge in Miami but he uh, did turn down a lot of money right uh, 1.6 billion over 3 years that's uh what 558 million a year i don't know if that's right i suck at math but either way that's more money than all i could ever even fathom so 1.6 billion over 3 years that's the kind of guy i was talking about that like his moral compass is like I don't want any part of Saudi Arabia. I don't care how much money they're going to give me. I'm going to go and play in America. So and I, good I and good you know, for him. Absolutely and good for the people of Miami. Who, my God, I mean Miami's got to be going through some sort of sports heaven right now, don't they? With, Dude, with, I don't with even that, know what's going on. I mean, with that announcement, um, the hockey team being in the NHL and the Stanley Cup Finals and the Heat. 
and you know, Miami Hurricanes making the Final Four. Yeah, and right. Florida Atlantic, which is real. Is that yeah. close? Is, is Boca uh, Raton? We'll call it close. Yeah, it's close. I mean, you I mean, can claim them. It's in the same <laughs> yeah, state. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, man, uh, they're they're loaded up down there. But that's that's huge for uh, Major League Soccer. Which I'm going to be honest with you, I have never watched one single Major League Soccer match. And I was, and I probably will now. I had kind of gotten into it um, during the. Not this last World Cup cycle, but a couple World Cup cycles ago when a lot of the U.S. national team guys and some guys from, from other teams were, you know, spot playing and stuff. And, you know, Seattle had a, a, a has a great environment and a really cool, you know, a really good, cool presentation. Portland, uh, Kansas City. Columbus. I had a couple of guys that I went to high school with that played for Columbus. Um, but I had never been a huge, huge follower. And, and it can only, and I get it. I mean, he's obviously not in his prime anymore or whatever. But man, he's one of the most famous dudes on the planet. And people that don't know soccer won't understand that. But he's one of the most famous guys on the face of the earth. And he's come in the United States to play even. It's kind of like probably what David what, Beckham. What happened with uh, Pele when he came to New York and played for the Cosmos? Oh, I didn't even know anything about that. Victory! <laughs> yeah. I was thinking when David Beckham went to play for the LA Galaxy. Yeah. Um, so. That. So it's great for that league. It's it's good for soccer in the United States, I think, and uh, I'm excited to see how that pans out and uh, and where that goes. Do you guys have any other thoughts? I mean, we could go literally. I think we could go for an hour at least on live and PGA. But I think I got my basic personal feelings out and where I stand on the whole thing. Tuna, you have anything else to add to that? No, um, if you, I just want to say, if we just put everything outside the window, one good thing that's going to come from this, we're going to see the best compete against the best again, like you do in the majors. That that should be like every other weekend from here on out. So in, in golf tournaments, and that's one plus that comes from this and hopefully everything gets sorted out and just kind of, I'm just going to try to watch and ignore where the money comes from. Like I do a lot of things. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> and yeah, and that's something that I, I actually thought about. Uh, I've thought about a lot the last couple of days, and I think that's something that maybe we can get into as the dog days of summer uh, drag on. Is uh, how we kind of how we kind of uh, all have to become <clears throat> semi hypocritical about certain things that we really like. We know that there's a, a for instance, Churchill Downs uh, mm -hmm. canceling the rest of their meet last week because 12 horses passed away. I have a thought on that. Yeah, please. Um, I think if a major construction project was not going on, I don't see them suspending racing there. I think they wanted to buy time. This was a way to buy time. Not not saying the horse's desk, but using that as an excuse to shut down racing, to move it elsewhere to Ellis Park. So they could focus on getting that construction project done as well as getting that uh, sports book that's going in there open and ready for football season. I, hmm. That's a good point. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that. Now I was at a birthday party this past weekend with a couple guys that 
construction type dudes and stuff. And they were saying that a lot of it has to do with the new construction. And you guys probably know more about the horsing industry than me, but getting down in the dirt and stuff and all the debris and everything. And I, I never thought about what you were saying Tune. I mean, mm. that, that makes sense. Oh, it's but, just a conspiracy but, theory. But, my brain does loops. But, but I ask people that know more things about me, and I've heard mm-hmm. so many different reasons. The reason I, I'm not saying I would disagree with you, but it's uh-huh. like it's not going to go on that much longer. They could get some stuff done pretty fast, and it's not good PR to just for, have it shut down like that when it's you know it's it's. But See, we I all we like we all know that the PR for them. How come? Because they could say, "Hey, we're taking." action here to prevent this from happening we are going so far suspending racing here so we can do a deep dive into what like i think they they make themselves look good here well getting out in front of it but yeah. at the end of the day we're talking about dead horses yeah and and that's but that, they that, that gets just keep racing and they would look like assholes yeah i get so that now it's like it looks like they actually care but the sports book thing getting that all set up and stuff mm-hmm. i mean i'm i get that i think that's a really insightful well and and that very well might be part of it that's just a reach guys i know i don't know either i always ask smarter people than me i don't know (laughs) i don't know if i'm one of them (laughs) but i also think that because a lot of this happened during derby week and it got a lot of national press on nbc and things like that that their hand was kind of forced to a certain extent. Because, let's be honest, outside of Louisville and outside of the Triple Crown chase, I mean, horse racing as an industry has been and is kind of on life support. (laughs) And... uh, Freddie back over (laughs) making fart noises. And, uh, you know... But the Derby and... And Oaks gets bigger every year, though. Well, locally, but nationally, I mean. Oh people, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. But but they do get people bigger. don't care nationally unless there's a triple crown possibility, or you know, the week of the three triple crown winners or of the three uh, triple crown races. And I think that it it's it became almost when it makes NBC nightly news or whatever. You can't just ignore that anymore. And their hand was was forced because Churchill Downs, whether they wanted to save, you know, have time to build a thing or not, they would have figured out a way to make it happen if they could have made an extra nickel. Yeah. yeah as far as I'm concerned. Bring them bands in, get that night racing going, get sell them twelve dollar beers. <laughs> but uh but as we were talking about uh, what a sports paradise period Miami is going through, that brings us to our next big topic of the evening, which is uh, the ongoing NBA Finals, which Game 3 has started here in the downstairs pub. It's early on in uh, in the first quarter in Game 3. Um now, Ike, I don't know if you heard the podcast last week, but we did touch a bit on the Boston series. And I was, I don't want to belabor the point too much. 
and I don't want to put you through. Uh, and I love the podcast, but I wasn't ready to listen yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would like to just, before we get into the NBA Finals, I would like to get your thoughts on the way that that Boston series played out, particularly uh, kind of the dichotomy be- between the big win in Game 6 and the way they won, and then kind of the you know flat, almost non-effort they gave in the second half, at least, of Game 7? Well, I'll be honest with you. After I, I thought they laid down in Game 3, so Game 4 and 5, I did not not let them control my life. You know, I would let the game get going. I eased into it, and then before you know it, we're getting a W. I mean, but that, uh, that Game 6... I mean, oh, my God, up and down. And let's be honest, without replay, we're not going to game seven. It's in Miami. You know, I was at my girlfriend's house. As I get older, these kind of games, I don't yell and scream, and she could tell I was going through it and everything. But <laughs> I thought the game was over, you know. I was, yeah. ready, I, was, I was ready to go to the next level. Let's turn some HBO on. You know, maybe I'll get it to cuddle or something. I got to get soft here. And <laughs> and they show that replay, and it's out of his fingers, man. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I mean, it was. That was one of the most electric games I think I've watched in the all his tournament or these playoffs from front to finish. Was, was that, that it, it just. So you were watching live? Yes, I was watching live. And that's what upset me so much about that last game was just how much of a stinker it was. Right. Both teams were trying to lose that game. Neither one of them, I think, well. Well, it's – I mean, come on. Let's give Pat Riley that that team, that what – what, what do we call that now? Culture. Yeah, heat um, culture. I mean, you know, LeBron tried to get Spolstra fired. I'm not even a LeBron hater, but, I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. This guy – is one of the best. But he's, that was Foster's first year that LeBron just didn't was trying to get rid of him, right? I can't remember. Uh, I think LeBron was like, this is my Because Pat team Riley kind of punked uh, – he kind of punked Stan Van Gundy back in the day when they <laughs> yeah, got shocking yeah, Dwayne Wade. He's like, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take his team over. <laughs> <laughs> and he got that he got that championship. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that Heat team – I the way I usually roll, fellas – I pull for the Eastern Conference. I, I'm, right. a, I'm an old school Eastern Conference guy. I pulled. I even pulled for Detroit after they would beat my Celtics. I, I'm an Eastern Conference guy, man. Uh, now, having said that, uh, I'm actually pulling for Denver now, and that's not anti-Miami at all. I, I, I love everything they do. Playing fantasy sports, guys like Struss and, and Vincent. I mean, we know these guys are good. But I want the Joker to be in what I call the club. Yeah. You know, he he should be. And I think he's going to get more than one championship. But he's good enough. He means so much to the NBA. He deserves to be in the club. Having said now, that. let I, me ask you real quick. Go ahead. Do you think he's the type of player that more players are going to want to try to come and play with? I do. I do, too. Because he, he seems to be one of the best passers I've seen. Now, that's what was interesting about the last game was kind of how the Heat kind of shot shut his passing. Now, what, he only had four assists? Well, they were they, they came right out and said what they were trying to do is just let him score. Yeah. You know? But they shut the passing lanes and, down for him. And, you know, I mean, they have such I, – I, I, 
I mean, let's not forget, I sent some texts out and everything, but Mike Malone is Brendan Malone's son. So all that extra knowledge, whether his dad was a championship head coach or not, he was on those Piston staffs when they were winning sure. and stuff. And, you know, that kind of extra wisdom and knowledge has to help, man. I mean, Denver has had such trouble getting over the hump and everything. You see Dan Issel, you see Alex English, you know, you see these guys on the sideline. You see Murray coming back from that injury. I don't think Murray's a one. You know, I, if he if he had to be in Boston by himself, he probably wouldn't do what he's doing now. But when you play with a guy like the Joker, yeah. you can just do what you have to do, and, and they love you. That's what I think, just watching Kyler Murray's success, and it's a lot – I agree with you, is because Joker kind of makes him not – I mean, he doesn't not, make him, but he helps him out quite a well, bit. Well, he still feels not like – Not Kyler he, Murray. No, not Kyler. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's like the second week I've done. What that. it's so amazing when he gets rebounds, he brings it up to court. To him, Sorry, Jamal. To him, mm. he's still a young kid playing, uh, you know, who knows when he started. I don't look it up or anything, but a lot of times that overseas and stuff, they start 9, 10, 11 years old. So he's bringing that ball up. Can you imagine him coming at you? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? The Joker. <laughs> the Joker coming at you. You know, that's why yeah. these guys get open so well. Yeah. And then you get extra Stuff from like Christian Brown, yeah, you know, Aaron Gordon, a throwaway guy from, I mean, he got passed around in fantasy like a French whore, man, <laughs> and he, I, he, he just he plays great in his role there. That game one, man, that uh, first really seven eight minutes was just the Aaron Gordon show. Yeah, so yeah, he's uh, he took that game over for like he set the pace in that game. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and and you know. Travis might know more about this because I don't always watch the dunk contest, but wasn't he really good in a couple dunk contests? Oh, he just no didn't idea. win. Yep. I mean, because he could jump out of the freaking gym, yep. man. You're right. And uh, so, uh, obviously, going getting back to Celtics, going back to game seven, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the way we're bringing, you know, we're going to keep Coach Joe. I don't have a problem with that. We're bringing in Sam Cassell, but – Brown, Brown or Tate, Tatum's not going to go because Brad Stevens is not going to catch hell from Twitter and everybody else. But you could really get a lot of bang for buck for him. Mm. And that goes into the whole Ike's thing about Tate. But again, I'm just, I just want alphas, man. And uh, it was a good run. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, but I'm not mad, and I'm enjoying these finals. I, 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 I would. Love to see six or seven games out of this, and uh, but I want ultimately the Joker to win this championship. Yeah, I think going into this and I being thought, the club, we were talking last week about oh, it's going to be a sweep, it's going to be a sweep, and I said oh, five games at most. I just I look at this Heat team and they're just dogs. They're fighting. They're they they're, are they're scratching and clawing. They're they're well coached. And that's what makes it fun. Yeah, it is. They get their feet so set for those threes, Man, like Cal Lowry, uh, Struts, <laughs> Martin. Martin gets dragged. Yo, what is it? He's got a, he's got longer... a twin brother and and one got drafted. And I think Jordan actually drafted the one that's playing for the Heat now, okay. right? And I don't and, know. and he dropped him, which Jordan has never been a great front office guy, but. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, and Jimmy Butler, the way he was getting the ball on the spot, he wanted it. it reminded me, me and my old buddy Dugan used to go down and play at a place called St. George with these older guys and they $3 a game. They're wearing Chuck Taylors, you know, <laughs> and he would tell us, you know, 
I'm going to get the ball right here and score on your mouth. You know, we were like 18. They were like 28. And he would do it, man. It was like, (laughs) it was like Jimmy Butler, dude. I mean, so yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I I agree with you. They are getting their feet set like that. But except when Duncan Robinson has too long and his feet are set for too long, <laughs> he's not hitting it. Like he has to just like be floating or something to, to, to hit that shot. But he's a Division three guy no, at his I'm core. I'm not knocking him, man. I mean, I, think I give he's been great. Like, I mean, a- streaky, but you know, the guy can play. Like. Mm. And they still they still find minutes to get some minutes out of Tyler Zeller. <laughs> Cody, Cody. Oh, Cody, see, I'm Cody, sorry. Cody, I'm Cody. Sorry. sorry to the Zeller family. We, Cody Zeller. I tell you what, we between, had Cody, Tyler between played. Kyler Murray and Tyler Zeller, we can make a hell of a team over here. Uh, the funny thing about Cody Was Zeller. Was that the Indiana guy? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I like that. And the funny thing about, I mean, if you watch these games, and I love Cody Zeller, man. He was a great college basketball player. You know, like a lot of these guys are. He was great college basketball player. I never really thought he had probably a much of a position to play in the NBA. But guess what? He's been in the freaking league almost a decade, and... They're still finding a way to give him positive minutes. Scott. He looks like he's about 50 years old. He wears that face mask. Yeah. He's completely bald. They call it stealing minutes. Yeah. And that's what he does. He and, steals minutes. Uh, I mean, God bless him when I saw him in game one a couple of times trying to guard the Joker one-on-one. I mean, <laughs> it was not a pretty thing. And he understands. Like, I saw a couple times where he just... He kind of, you know, tried to stand there and he saw the move was coming and you just kind of got to back off and let him do his thing. But he's had some pot, especially in the prior series, he had some really good minutes for them. And a team like that, that gets contributions like that from so many different players. And I'm just enjoying this finals because it's different. He's in right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there he is. He needs to get the black face mask like Jalen Brown was wearing. He got, he pu- he got pushed in the thing. back right there. You know uh, something I want this little thing. What I love about the Joker, man, Coach Payne told me at Mel High School, you know, there's only one time where you can do a dribble with both hands, the power dribble, you know. Well, a lot of American players do that so much to get their balance. They'll get a rebound, take the ball, power dribble with two hands, all that does is give the defense a chance to collapse mm-hmm. on you, do whatever. That's what I love about the Joker. He just keeps that ball high, dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and that jumper, that three he shoots, it's like your dad. My dad used to come I mean, home. He's releasing it way back here. Like, Me and my dad used to play till six as he got older. Uh-huh. One one pointers, dude. He would shoot that. Joker shot on me. He hit about three of them after drinking about 12 beers at Charlie's. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, that's, it's, it's crazy. I love watching the Joker, man. <laughs> well, and I, like I said, I just think it's so cool that it's a totally different finals with totally different personalities. Um, and two teams that quite frankly, if you're a basketball fan, and you like, like, you know, you can't really watch this. Well, some people can. Tuna, I remember I you picking it. them. What, Denver? Yeah. I think we all did. We all picked the Nuggets a, to come out of the yeah. West. Unfortunately, I picked Celtics to come yeah. out of the East. But 
It's okay, buddy. <laughs> I just I didn't pick them based on knowledge. I picked them because out of all the teams left, that was my favorite city out of all of them. Yeah. So. <laughs> but you know it. It's just cool that we have all these different faces that people are getting familiar with, and I think. You know, I don't. I just don't know, man. That game two the other night, especially the fourth quarter. I don't know how if you say that you like basketball, you could watch that and go, well, I didn't enjoy that at all. I just don't understand how that's possible because every single possession, guys were making big shots. Guys were come, making huge defensive plays. There was horrible officiating like there always is in the NBA. It's You know, it all comes together. Do people say that, though, about the playoffs? That they don't enjoy the basketball? I mean, it, it just seems to me like uh, basketball played at, at that high level. If you like basketball, that's just something that you're going to enjoy. That's all I can say about that. It's great. It's great. I mean, and what else is going on that it's at not that just time great, of night? It's fantastic. Yeah, That's there, right. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate that, Tuna. <laughs> um, do you guys have any any thoughts uh, in particular? I know we're just relatively early into Game Three, but do you think the fact that Miami won that game does that uh, does that portend possibly you know this game going six or this series going maybe six games? My gut is still telling me five. Five games. I okay. Think, yeah, I think Denver's going to win both of them out here and go back to Denver for the sweep. So, I think they're going to be close, though. I don't know. I, I would like to see it go six or seven, obviously. But I don't know, man. Even that last game, it was like the Heat needed perfect nights from guys to, to get that done. That is true. But, that's but, true. but, but they did it on the road, though, dog. Yeah, I know. And that's also that's the true. the first <laughs> loss that Denver's had in the playoffs on their home right. court. So, that was impressive. And every time we count Miami out, you know, I know there I know. should be some kind of Al Pacino thing. You drive me back in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that but, shows how, like, how much of an idiot I am. Well, like, I, I, just watching that, it's like, I know the Heat should probably win one of these games. And that's so true. And it was, it was interesting because the day after game one, you know, every – and we, we were guilty of that on this program where we all thought it was either going to be a sweep or five games – which I get, but uh, nationally, after game one, everybody was saying, well, I mean, they're too good, they're too big, get they're the too fast. Out. You know, it, it's, and quite frankly, what I saw in game one, I thought the same thing. But, man, well, I mean, it was just such a tough final six minutes of that game. The Heat were so tough. That's the that's a word that kept coming to me. And with what that you said last week, classic NBA overreaction. The Heat were way more physical than they were in that game one. You're right. And when the Heat started making that comeback, you don't think about they're an eight seed, they can't do it. You start thinking, no, they can do it again. (laughs) Well, We've seen it through this whole playoffs. I'm way past the fact of of even remembering that they were an eight seed. But let's not forget they actually lost their playing game. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Which is nuts. I'm like, oh, they're ready to go to the clubs in Miami. That's what everybody was saying. Yeah. And look at the run they put together since then. Yeah. 
I know. <laughs> um, you guys have any other thoughts on the uh, on the NBA Finals as we uh, get ready to transition to something else? Oh, uh, I tell you what, uh, we're going to take a quick break because the fabulous one is calling in, oh, and we're going to get his thoughts on a few things coming right up. I can we'll be tell my blood pressure is going up. <laughs> we'll be right back. As promised earlier, uh, we are joined via the Bill's Famous Cheese Spreads hotline in the downstairs pub by the vacationing in Gulf Shores, Alabama. The fabulous one, Freddie Benders, joins us on the hotline. Freddie, how is your vacation treating you right now? Everyone wants to know. Going fantastic, guys. Weather's great. Uh... Just came in from the balcony, getting ready to go back out. Uh, maybe hear y'all, y'all can hear a little wave action. Uh, I'm just uh, impressed. Wow, there's a lazy river down below our place, and there's kids everywhere still before I start hunting the crabs and the, the sea turtles. So I uh, figured I'd come inside for a little while, and we're getting ready to do a little grilling. I didn't know if y'all got to see my pictures of the uh fresh fish we're doing tonight tuna said he did receive those photos he is going to show them to us post haste and we will be living vicariously through you tonight as we there is a little sashimi tuna being cooked in memory (laughs) of the show tonight uh awesome uh, there's a little, we've got on the menu, we've got two big, thick grouper fillets, and we've got some uh, red snapper. We just had 12 raw oysters on a half shell. I am ready to rock. It's no Captain <laughs> D's, but it'll work. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, my libido is working well. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, that is, a, I might have to edit that out of this episode. Uh <laughs> well, that's great to hear, Fred. Um, and we got the game on here. You know, we got the game going Well, on. of course, uh, as we do here in the downstairs pub. Um, we did uh, want to talk to you quickly. Uh, we know that the Belmont Stakes is coming up this weekend. And you had mentioned to me because, quite frankly, and you know how I am when uh, by this time... You know, we get into June, May's over, the Derby's over. If there's not a Triple Crown possibility, I fo- I start focusing on the Indy 500. And my my uh, my interest kind of wanes to a certain extent as it gets to the Belmont Stakes. But you were telling me the other day that uh, you were excited about this race and you were uh, you were really pumping up the fact this is going to be a great field and should shape up to be a great race. Do you have a few thoughts to share with us about that and share with the listeners? Well, I do. I, I'm totally excited about this race because you've got, uh, you know, the past derby stud uh, that's been going through some bells and whistles, Forte running in this race. Um, you've got Tappet Trice. The big, the big uh, bully on the street still, if you will, getting ready to run this race. You've got the Derby uh, line favorite before the race, Angel of Empire, running in this race. You've got 
one of my one of my horses that I thought ran an spectacular race in the Derby. It show. Uh, you've got. A, you, I mean, I'm telling you, you've got some serious, serious horses in this race, and I'm so excited for it. The Met Mile as uh, uh, on top of that is going to be uh, fantastic. Um, I'll tell you a horse that I'm getting some information on. You've got, oh, by the way, I almost forgot, uh, Bat Tuna's horse, a national treasure. <laughs> uh, he's running in it, too. The so-called speed horse. Uh, but, dude, if you really think about it, uh, I mean, you've also got this Archangelo horse that is super sneaky, uh, he's doing real well. He might end up being the best horse before it's all said and done at the end of the year of any of these guys. That's scary. Um, so so that is also a horse that is getting a lot of love. Um, one of the speed horses, Air, uh, Il, uh, Maricolo, is running as well. Uh, one to keep an eye on. I think Red Rock, one, if I didn't hear this correctly, is injured. Is that correct? Does anyone know that? I do not know that. Well, two things that I heard today via vacationing on the beach and this, that, and the other uh, was that there are many, many fires going on in Canada that are moving towards oh. uh, the area of the racetrack, and it could be delayed, canceled. Let me tell you also, something, Fred. Uh I had not even thought about that, but the air quality in New York City today was literally the worst in the world, and they are saying that it might not get better until next week. So that is a great point that you bring up because I had not even thought about that. But I can't imagine that they would run a race at Belmont. I don't think... up. I'll put it to you this way, Fred. If the race was today, there's no way that they would have run it. Okay, well, let's hope that that goes off and and everything uh, runs safely there and, and we're able to get uh, get everyone taken care of and, and that works out well for the for not just the race, but all the all the people that live up that way and right. hopefully there's, uh, you know want everyone to be safe and sound. So, uh, um, but I'm telling you right now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you all the horses that I like uh, before I go down here and talk to uh, the crew at the Phoenix, potting for the grill down here, the grills down here. Absolutely. Um, but I'm going with, I'm, I think what I'm going to go with is I'm going with the best, I'm going with the best, uh, the best for your money, I guess. The best bargain horse. I'm going with both Brad Cox horses. Angel of Empire, which was my derby horse all along. I, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with Forte yet. Uh, I do think Forte's going to be in. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Angel of Empire, Forte, and Hit Show. And if you want to look at the for your best bang for your buck, I think... To win some money would be hit show. Would be I got kids yelling in the other room. That's, Sorry, guys. That's fine, Fred. 
We have four young boys under seven running around wild here. It's amazing that you're uh, even on the telephone at all. So, but yes, uh, and we got a tight game going on here. I'm watching, uh, and and who knows, we might be tight in the race for the grills too. I'm, you know, I'm pumped about that, as you can tell. Of course, but I do think I'm I'm putting my money on for, on an upset, and I think it's Angels Empire Forte and hit show. I know Tuna's going to say, well, I'm going with National Treasure, and that's great. But I'm I'm stick. I thought his show impressed me so much, and his odds and everything looked so great. That's what I'm going with. That is awesome. Uh, Fred, I can't wait for you to hear the, uh, the discussion we had, and I'm sure that you'll have thoughts on it uh, next week. Uh, we went relatively deep into the uh, live... PGA stuff tonight. We, oh, you know I'll have something for that down the line oh, for sure. I knew you would. Uh, it's on my text. I'm do. I'm doing whatever Jack does. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. Whatever Jack says is what I'm going with. Um, Fred, do you have any? We don't want to keep you. We want to let you get back to your vacation tonight. Do you have any final thoughts? Things you want to talk about? Uh, any shout outs you want to give or any uh, vacation tips you might have? Uh, well, I tell you what, um, <clears throat> well, it, it's, it's always something that me and my brother-in-law go through on who's going to carry all the crap up to the beach, okay? You get it all down there somehow, <laughs> and the more of it continues to add up. And then you look around and see other helpless souls coming down the beach and going back up, and you're like, hope that don't happen to me. And, you know, yes, we've had the wagon and the cart with the big plastic wheels that still don't spin because the sand's too thick when you get in the part that really matters. <laughs> the quicksand part by the freaking railing when you get up there. I mean, if you could walk on wet sand with your carts, it would be money, but you can't. So uh, I have found the ultimate. I, I had an idea that I was going to come out with a patent of something called the wigwam. But uh, I have now found the best cart there is. These wheels are rubber, and they blow up, and they look like some kind of space wheel. <laughs> and it has a rack dolly with bungees on it, and it is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm going to post that. It will be the next purchase that I will be making. Um, and I'm talking wheels that look like... I don't know what. They look like a... Bigfoot? Uh, they look like a gigantic <laughs> bobber on a fishing pole, but they're rubber, and they are, I don't know, I, I can't even think of the size of them. They're enormous, but they make a huge difference on this thing, and I, that is what I'm going to look for. I'm getting the website from the guy tomorrow, and that is what I look for is the easiest way to get all the beach toys, the boogie boards, the coolers up back to the room. It is always a process. Right. Patience, and having been is a virtue. having been to uh, uh, spring break with you and uh, with a bunch of kids, I know uh how important that is and uh what a difference that can make to uh your enjoyment of the trip in general uh fred 
thank you for calling us tonight, uh, and thank you for breaking down the Belmont Stakes. Uh, we all hope that you have a great rest of your vacation, and uh, we will definitely be in touch, and we look forward to you being back with us next week. Shout out to one of our listeners, uh, my brother-in-law, Mike, Captain Mike. Say shout out. Say something in there. Say we're grilling. Say we're getting ready to grill. Seafood on. Yeah. We're getting ready to get some seafood on. All right, guys. We'll see y'all later. All right. Thanks, Freddie. Over and out. All right. Bye. That was the fabulous one, Freddie Benders, checking in from Gulf Shores, Alabama, and uh, breaking down the uh, Belmont Stakes. Now, we had a fairly successful run uh, as it related to the Derby, the Preakness. Um, what else, Tuna? There was one other thing that, that you won on. Uh, XFL? Oh, yeah. The XFL Championship. And the Super Bowl, but we don't want to forget that. Well, that's already forgotten. No, I, mean, I don't who, know. I, I remember it pretty well. Who cares about that? Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, the blockout did not have such great success, uh, relative to the NCAA baseball tournament and the picks that we made last week. Now I'm going to throw it around the room <clears throat> for final thoughts and tuna. I know you have some, uh, as it relates to the NCAA baseball tournament, tell us how, the three of us did last week on our picks for the College World Series. Well, we 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 were not good to say the least. Um, what what do you have? You had Vanderbilt who got beat out. Um, Freddie had Oklahoma State who didn't make it past the second game. Uh, it was an immediate double game elimination. <laughs> um, and I had Arkansas who got beat out on Sunday and their elimination game. So we are starting over. Super regionals are starting this weekend, and um, there is two intriguing teams that I want to touch on real quick, and that's Wake Forest. Obviously, it's chalky, whatever. Their one-two punch in pitching is insane. Like, And that team is scrappy hitters. They're upperclassmen. Um this is a team that could easily win this. And another team that's that, like baseball is a sport of streaks. And I feel like TCU is starting to get hot right now. Their bats, they're putting up massive runs. Um, well, they have uh, 20 twice this weekend. He had one kid got two grand slams and a home run in the same game. Um, they're playing Indiana state, which would be a fun story to see Indiana state pull this off, but they're getting a really hot TCU team. Another fun matchup going into this weekend is UK, who is all upperclassmen, uh, grad transfers. They play really solid baseball, fun brand of baseball, and they run. They are aggressive on the base path, and they're going down to Baton Rouge where hopes and dreams go to die on the baseball field, and I'm going to have to go with the Bayou Bengals on that one, but the Cats have impressed me. And uh, one more thing to touch on on baseball before we move along. The young kid that we've touched on, Ellie De La Cruz, um, he made his debut on Tuesday night. I uh, meant to bring that up, and I forgot. Against the Dodgers, and you would have thought that Elvis walked in the building with all the cameras on him, and he hit a rocket of a ball for a double 
uh, I guess the hardest hit ball by a Cincinnati Red player this year. And he ran the base path from first to second faster than any player has done in Major League Baseball so far this year. This kid is electric. Uh, he's must-see TV. Tonight's game, um, he hit his first Major League home run off Noah Syndergaard in the first inning. Um, I think, what, he's three for four as of right now? So you're telling so, me that there are things to be excited about as a Reds fan. That's as a Reds fan, me. as a Reds fan, there's a lot of young talent there. Uh, the, the kid playing shortstop, Matt McClain, he is uh, – that kid's already he looks like a seasoned vet out there playing the field and at the plate. Like he has really good at bats. So that's gonna be um I know Reds fans, you you're uh, mad at your owner, you hate baseball. This team's worth actually tuning in and watching. They're fun. I, I enjoy it. That's awesome. So I hate that they're doing this against the Dodgers right now, but <laughs> now Ike, uh I want to throw it to you and uh <coughs> I know we typically stick to sports and all that, but you are a, uh, what I would consider a uh, television, especially a documentary, finding cool stuff to watch, series and things. And uh, I always go by your recommendations, anything you've ever recommended. Definitely to me, not mine. I've always really enjoyed <laughs> That's true. We're still working on something from four months ago that Tuna recommended. But uh, I understand you might have a few things that you've seen recently or that you think that our listeners might be interested in. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the one that's on Prime and it's worth watching, I learned new things off of it, was the Reggie Jackson documentary. Um, the, whole, the whole thing about him trying to buy the Dodgers and he got Paul Allen and uh, was it Warren Buffett mm-hmm. or uh, – to, they had the money, but they didn't want him to be the owner. Yep. And I never knew that story. I mean, I knew all the Steinbrenner and Billy Martin stuff. They showed some good uh, Baltimore Orioles uh, footage, which is always neat, that middle time and stuff. And then, of course, when he goes back to Oakland wearing 44 as an old dude. Uh, they talked a I, lot about him on that Dodgers-Yankees uh, documentary that ESPN Plus put yeah. So and, and, of course – if you want to go down the rabbit hole, I mean, the Bronx is burning. It's probably a great series to watch at the beginning of any baseball, I, any yeah. baseball season. I love totally that. I agree with you on that. I love that. I do uh, too. Man, now this one's kind of an uncomfortable one. I get my Peacock and uh, uh, Discovery, no pun intended, uh, mixed up sometimes when I watch them. There's a documentary on there on one of those called Menudo and Menendez. And what it's about, fellas. That's on Peacock. Okay. What it's about, fellas, is them Menendez brothers, they did what they did. Let's not say they didn't. But their dad messed around with kids and stuff and everything. And he was plugged in with RCA and Menudo. That's a whole other story, bringing those kids over. Uh, Indianapolis. They they all got messed with. You listen to the 500. But that whole thing, I remember watching the Menendez thing, thinking when they started talking about their dad did stuff to him, like, here it is, she isn't that as an excuse. You watch this documentary, spoiler alert, there's deeper stuff about it. You're like, wow. It doesn't justify what happened, but it lets you know how it got to be where it is. 
It sounds interesting, but I don't think I'm going to watch that. It just doesn't sound it, like it's well, a it took, kind of thing. Well, it, it took yeah. me like a while because yeah. I'd have to turn it off. And yeah, stuff. I was about to say. But I, I, yeah. who'd have thought that that stuff really went down like yeah. that? Um, I live in a world where ignorance is bliss. Uh, <laughs> Vice Television has season four of Dark Side of the Ring. The new one about, remember Sonny? That was the girl. Yeah. Okay, that, you know, Bret Hart got accused of uh-huh. and everything. Well, there's a crazy story on on the season premiere. They've done two, I think. So going down the rabbit hole of Vice, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, Jim Cornette, who's big in Louisville, whatever, he's a great talking head on this one. If you ever watch his podcast or listen to him, he's great. So that's worth seeing. And last but not least, it's not a documentary, but I had to watch it. And I don't want to be typical and say it was terrible, but... I kind of was disappointed, but I I had to watch it. Was the new White Men Can't Jump? Have either of y'all watched that? On I your, watched it on Hulu. I watched. I mean, it. the first one was just such a classic. Mm-hmm. Woody's voice and all that. If that movie the had total... a different title, I would have been like, "That was a fine movie." It, I, I, well, I, I, there's worse ways I could have spent. I'm a two Jack hours. Harlow fan, so that's why I wanted to watch. Uh-huh. I, I wonder if he had to really change the way he talks and stuff to be, reckon. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, because the way he raps and it seems like the way he talks. He talked on a whole different level on that. But the 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 plot and the storyline was totally different, but I end up enjoying it. I end up enjoying it. It it took me a minute. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. Like I said, if it had a different name, I, I don't think it would be getting hate, that much hate. That's so, a good point. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh and then the way yeah. I will just end it at that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great point, Tuna. So yeah, that's those are the things I've kind of been watching and everything. Awesome, man. Um I'm just going to finish quickly with a just a quick little tidbit as you were talking about the uh, NCAA baseball tournament and TCU in particular. They are hosting Indiana State. Is, mm-hmm. is that correct? That is correct. And they are hosting Indiana State because although Indiana State qualified to host the Super Regional, they were unable to do so because of a prior commitment that uh, – not only did the university and the city of Terre Haute make, uh, but their stadium is going to be used for the Special Olympics. And so they are giving up the opportunity to host a Super Regional for, uh, as I would say, for the greater good, which is a very cool, um, very unique story. And... That makes me, even though I would have been anyway, I'm 100% in on the Sycamores, boys. No, I'm definitely in Let's on them. take them all the way into Omaha. I'm definitely in on them. I may not even bet on TCU just because I want to pull for, for Indiana State in this. But that, <laughs> that is a great story because when are they ever going to host a Super Regional? Again? Never. Never. And you know what? They said, you know what, guys? We're going to honor our commitment that we made and... I, I think that's great. And I so. just think that is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to wear those baby blues? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got sweet uniforms. Oh, man. Yes, yes they, they do. They have all kinds of different uniforms. Oh. Every one of them sweet. Yes, so. they do. Um, I can't wait for uh, the rest of this week in sports. As we said before, it's already been a crazy week. It's only Wednesday. Uh, next week, we should be back to our regular schedule. Uh Freddie should be back sitting uh, at uh, bellied up to the bar as he usually is. Uh, we look forward to that. We always thank everybody who listens. Uh, check us out on social media if you get a chance. Um, 
for the big fellow, the tuna country, Matt Kempf, and our very special guest, Mr. Ike, Eric Eichenberger. This is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody. Thank you.